Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection, and uh, my name is Byron Lee, and I am joined tonight with Destiny and Randy, and we're hoping that Anthony or Gabriel will be able to join us later uh, on in the conversation, but we're going to go ahead and get started, so they may be popping into the conversation. We have also sent out an email to the discuss list, which you can join if you want to be a member of Blind Pride International. You can join by going to blindlgbtpride.org. That is uh, blindlgbtpride.org. And you can sign up to be a member of Blind LGBT Pride International. And uh, you'll get all kinds of perks like being on our mailing list where I submitted uh, an email saying, uh, hey, we're recording live. Come join us. Uh, So we'll get alerts about us going live. You'll also have access to our WhatsApp channel where you can communicate by voice or text or even just send pictures of your cat. Um, (laughs) And then you better describe them because like half of us are are totally blind. But you can join us on WhatsApp and uh, communicate in lots of different ways with other people in the LGBTQ plus community. So we hope that you'll join us. Again, that website is blindlgbtpride.org. I'd like to introduce Destiny and Randy. You guys just attended something called AceCon, and we're going to be talking all about that. But first, let me give you an opportunity to tell the audience who you are and a little bit about yourself. Um, Let's start with Destiny. Destiny, tell us who you are and a little bit about your place in the uh, Blind Pride International organization. So I'm Destiny Dematty. Pronouns are they, them, or she, her. I'm a genderqueer person, and I'm also asexual. I joined Blind Pride International, I think, last December. And this is because I'm partially blind, and I didn't see much out there that talked about the intersections. And I one day randomly searched blind and LGBT, and thank goodness for me know how to do Google searching, because you all came up, and I've been super happy ever since. I'm also a peer recovery specialist and sad activist. So that is a little bit about me. And you've done some programs with us, like we recently had the Fat Liberation program, and uh, we're looking at doing a part two of that as well. And you have been involved in 
many episodes of Pride Connection in the past, especially this last year. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Randy is here with us as well. Uh, Randy, mm-hmm. would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you fit into our organization? Sure. I, I'm Randy. I joined BPI back in 2020 as a result of attending uh, my first ACB convention. Um, it was virtual that year, as everyone everyone will know. I joined BPI. I've been I've been on the show a few times. Once when uh, they were introducing me as a new member, and I've done a couple of interviews and just been in the room for some other episodes. So I've I've been around before. Well, Ian, yeah, and you have been involved in lots of shows with us as well. Um, the one that I remember was the one where we had, uh, we made it into a sitcom. It was basically oh, like yes. a bunch of um, clips from shows from years past. <laughs> and um, I think you were trying to get us out of the elevator and we were stuck and you were... <laughs> fiddling with the knobs and, and calling the maintenance people and you were like you were like our hero you were the one that was cool calm and collected okay. <laughs> that was a fun show i wanted to ask you guys about this awesome event that you both attended called AceCon. randy could you tell us what AceCon is so uh, AceCon, it's short for Asexuals Conference or Asexuality Conference. I don't, I don't know how long it's been going on. I know that the first time I went was back in 2021. And that year, I went solely as, as an attendee. And I was just checking it out. And then this past year, actually, I signed up as an attendee and an accessibility volunteer. And I ended up being an attendee and I ended up being a uh, panelist for the panel on disability and and, uh, medical discrimination and asexuality. So it's talking about all three of those things um, in one panel in one hour or so. There's a lot going on in that. In that one. I mean, there was a lot going on in all of them, Um, but it's one thing to watch it and it's another thing to be part of it. I mean, they talk about all sorts of things to do with asexuality. And unfortunately, this event is already uh, come and gone, but I assume mm-hmm. that there are hopefully some recordings out there of what happened over the over the conference. They were on YouTube, a lot of them. So a lot of those videos are still there. Um, after we're finished recording this, we'll make sure that the link to their channel um, goes over. It can go in the show notes. People can watch the videos. They seem to have it every year. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that people are interested in next year when the announcements start popping up. We'll just make sure and pass them on. Very cool. Well, we're very excited to hear more about AceCon. Destiny, how were you involved in AceCon? So I started going two years ago. Actually, the first time I tried to attend, it wasn't a success. It was on Gather, and I struggled really badly to go through that. It was supposed to be like a website where you would move the arrows or the mouse around as if you're navigating in a physical conference space. And as you can imagine, it wasn't too accessible. And they did the same thing this year. The panels, which were the main discussion of the main things with like a host, some moderators and tech people. And the panelists for each panel would be on YouTube. And then they would have Discord discussions where everyone could interact with each other um not just the people in charge but everyone besides just leaving a comment last year i was just an attendee 
I thought that would mainly be what would be happening, although I did express interest in getting involved with the panel or discussion. And then it completely slipped my mind. And then I found out that they wanted me to join the disability panel. So I got back involved with that. And I was super happy about that. That is so cool. What would you two say was the most memorable part of AceCon? Randy, let's start with you. The most interesting panel to me, there was a panel called Autistic Aces. That means people who are on the autism spectrum and are also asexual. The reason that one was my favorite is because I've never actually been to that panel before. A lot of the other ones were like 101 panels, like, you know, this is what asexuality is and this is what it means and that kind of thing. And for somebody who's going for the first time, that's great. But then, you know, there's people like me, we've been a few times or we've been, you know, we've been part of that community for a really long time. We're always looking for that new experience. That was it for me. They had all sorts of stuff. They had the YouTube panels and they also had the Discord workshops. The whole Discord thing sounds really fascinating to me because not only do you have the voice chat option, but you also have the chat rooms. And so much of going to a physical conference is meeting people that are not part of a panel or part of a a discussion group or something, you know, just attendees that are there to check out all of the things Mm -hmm. that the convention has to offer. Yeah, and they they did. So all of the each panel had its own Discord channel. So you could actually you could chat with people that basically that were in the room with you is what that would be like at a, at a physical conference. Um, some of the panels were actually conducted um, in Discord as well. You could actually, people could interact with the presenters that way as well. So Discord, Discord has a lot of potential for this kind of thing. How did the two of you deal with the accessibility of Discord? Was it relatively usable as a blind person? Mostly. The one problem I had was with once you got into a voice chatting area, the icons weren't completely accessible, but most everything else was. At least that's my experience. I use Discord on my phone, so maybe it would have been different if I had it downloaded on my laptop. And I wrote the guide to Discord. For, for yeah, I was going to mention so, that. Could you could um, you give the website of where people could go to? Yeah, I can. I will give you the short link to that. It is changeling.mx slash discord guide. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes as well. Did you guys feel at any time like you had to set your disability aside to participate in the rest of the stuff that was happening because I'll tell you that when I go to science fiction conventions so much of the festivities are not created with blindness in mind my disability sometimes feels like a bit of a hang-up for everybody else whereas with like an ACB convention we're all blind and everything is catered to us and and, you know set up to to work for all of us did you feel any sort of like um outsider uh feelings at all for having to also carry around your disability and your asexuality at this conference mostly no the reason for that is unlike a lot of the comic cons and things like that they actually had volunteers that were specifically committed to accessibility i had actually signed up i was originally going to try to be one of those ironically there were some accessibility problems with their sign-up sheet so i didn't end up signing up for a time slot uh, every year they do it better. You give them the feedback and then and the next year they do it different. So next year might be my year. 
Um, and maybe not, but I, I would say that for the most part, no, I didn't have to do that. And with, you know, with the panel that I was on, um, not only did we not set that aside, we were um, shining a old spotlight right on it. That's really cool. Destiny, how about you? Did you feel, um, at all like, uh, an outsider because of your disability? Not at all. We were shining a big old spotlight on it, but also everything felt really good and accessible. I felt really happy to be there. So many of the panel, I was being caught up in hearing other people talk about some of the other intersections too. It just felt good to be in spaces with a bunch of aces. I love that. That needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> you should <laughs> You should uh, maybe like uh, approach the PR people of the next Ace Con and, and suggest that as their slogan for their shirt next year. <laughs> hey, Byron, can I jump in here? I Yes, I hear the voice of uh, Anthony Corona. Hey, Anthony, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I got to experience a good number of these sessions and almost all of the session that Randy and Destiny participated in. And I think for the first time for me, personally, but for the larger LGBTQ plus community, it was the first experience where, like Destiny just said, all of the cross-sectionalities were recognized, but it was very eccentric, no matter what was introduced into the conversation. There was a lot of understanding, celebration, and then on the back end of it, questioning. We want to celebrate this. We we want to be, um, you know, representative and, and supportive. And then later on, it was like, okay, we don't quite understand. And I'm wondering, Randy, Destiny, if you guys felt that as well. One big commonality for the asexual community is that aces, as a general rule, that are always questioning. And I think a lot of the reasoning for that is because the way society is oriented um, and because of the messages we get, you know, we've spent so much time being unsure. The result is you're, you're never, you're never completely sure. I'm sure that, you know, I'm ace, but what about you know, this part of it, or what about, you know, you got people that they're like, well, I was ace or, you know, I came to grips with being ace like 10 years ago. And now, now I'm working on uh, gender identity or, uh, you know, now I'm working on um, how was I socialized? How does that shape my perspective on, on who I am? That kind of thing. The philosophy seems to be everything and anything can be analyzed. And uh, sometimes it's exhausting, but sometimes it yields some really awesome results. Destiny, how about you? I can second that. I was thinking about like, I came to grips with my asexuality maybe five or six years ago, but I'm still trying to figure out my romantic and how much of the romantic attraction I experienced. And now I'm questioning gender. I'm right there with you. I learned something. And so Destiny and and Randy living this on a day-to-day basis, what is the difference between being ace and living in that ace world, but then also feeling a romantic attraction to somebody? Because they're not mutually exclusive. And I learned that through the conference. They're just different planes of the same existence. Well, so they're different planes of existence for some people. To me... The two ideas are equally inaccessible. I know that I like certain types of people more than others. And I know that, 
you know, certain people I want a closer relationship with than others, but that's about the extent of it. There are people just like me, you know, in, in the community, but then, you know, there are other people that are experiencing it, just like you said. And the only way to know what that is, is to ask somebody who's like, you know, who who is experiencing it that way. Would you think it's fair to say that kind of like autism and, and other forms of diagnosis, to put it in a very clinical way, it's a spectrum. For you, it's one way. For Destiny, it might be another way. And for Joe Smith, it might be another way that there's no oh, yeah. one answer for, for is. Yeah, there's, you know, they call asexuality a spectrum. Uh, one of the shorthands for that is aspec. It, it's basically, you know, every everybody experiences it differently. And a lot of people will have different words that are describing um, what look like when you're reading a dictionary definition, at least, to be the same experience. It really just boils down to, you know, which word, uh, the person identifies with and which one, you know, which one they're, they're choosing to use. So the ACE community has a lot of micro labels in it for that reason. Yeah, I was actually just looking at the subreddit r slash ask asexual just to kind of give me some ideas of things that I could ask you guys. And I'm noticing very similar parallels to the trans and non-binary community. Questions like, am I asexual or is this extreme anxiety? Unresolved trauma or anxiety? Am I ace? Like there's so many, so well, many. It's interesting that you're seeing that because there's actually, uh, I cannot remember the exact statistic, but it is, it's like a majority of people, I would say at least 75% of people that that identifies ace also identifies some kind of as some form of gender non-conforming and there was somebody speculating at the conference that it was probably an equally high percentage that were either diagnosed with or suspected they had something like an anxiety disorder or um, ADD is something that, that that pops up or a lot of other forms of neurodivergence um, right. are are common there as well. And and so many things can fall under the asexual umbrella, like non-binary kind of falls under the trans umbrella and genderqueer and uh, gender non-conforming, lots of different labels. I saw one on, on the Reddit, graysexual. Do either you or Destiny have anything to say about that particular label? Um, yes, I'm not that myself, but gray asexual or graysexual as it might be shortened to is... When someone only experiences sexual attraction in very limited ways or very particular circumstances. So they might only experience it rarely or only under one particular circumstance or with one particular type of person. That's an umbrella term within itself, but that's usually what people are talking about when they say grays. Demisexual can also fall under that gray ace umbrella. What other kinds of uh, micro labels uh, fall under the asexual umbrella? Well, if you think about it, um, if you're ever curious, look up the split attraction model. So what we just talked about there was all under sexual attraction. If you start getting into romantic attraction, you got heteroromantic, homoromantic, biromantic, demiromantic, gray romantic, or aromantic. 
which means doesn't experience any romantic attraction. So they're kind of similar to sexual attraction, similar type wordings of labels, but it's just with romantic attraction. And then not including sensual or aesthetic. It's like I said, there's a, and like um, Randy said, there's a lot of micro labels in that way. Like if I wanted to, and I'm still not completely settled on this definition, but it's my working definition for myself. I'm a demi pan romantic person. So I, it takes a long time. Um, usually I have to be really close friends with someone before romantic feelings um, show up. And I can be romantically attracted to any one of them, any gender. But also, like, once you take sex out of the picture, trying to figure out what is romantic has been a little journey. On sure. <laughs> Seems like everyone I've talked to who's gone through any sort of self-discovery, they, they always say that um, there's a lot of effort that goes into the self-discovery. And there's so many labels out there. And it can be very confusing to figure out which label you fall under. And some say F labels. <laughs> Like, forget them. Uh, you don't need labels. Just be yourself. That's, that's, and, that's yeah. usually my position. Uh-huh. And then Actually, others so. others are like, oh, I need a label because it helps me better understand who I am and where I'm coming from. And, and you know, some people kind of like waffle too. They waffle back and forth between wanting a label so they can understand themselves and going, you know what? Forget it. I don't need no labels. Like, there's also a valid point to be said, though for the confusion for some people that there's all of those different romantic spectrums but if you're asexual why does it matter and and again i understand this but i'm i'm saying this for the broader people out there that are wondering and have sent things into bpi wondering it's sort of to some people a dichotomy if you don't feel attraction then how do you feel romanticism which is not true. I, and I know it's not true, but we need, to, we need to get our audience to understand that they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they're not exactly separate either. I've been exploring my relationship with romance. I still can love and love <clears throat> deeply. If you would look at me with, I've recently started a partnership and we've been exploring certain things. We're not like, we don't have all the markers as a traditional romantic couple, but we have a lot of them. We like to cuddle. We like to cuddle and watch movies. We like to hug and we cook together. We share our, our feelings together. Like, friends do some of those things, but not all of them. When I randomly think of her, I'll send her emoji. I'm not completely flirty, but some people still want love. And just because asexual people might not want the sex doesn't mean they can't hug kiss cuddle some people want the varying varieties of that but that's why the labels are there to figure out what we want that's why we in the community figure that out amen that is one of the the best representations of that feeling that i've ever heard even in the lgbtq community it's very valid for folks to ask the questions because they really don't understand and unless we educate then we're not going to get to a place where it's socially accepted across the board we're not going to get to a place where there's acceptance without understanding and so, Destiny, thank you for, for displaying it that way, because that makes it very clear for our listeners. Go ahead, Randy. 
this is more of an observation than a personal experience. I, I think too, when people ask those questions, yeah, they, they honestly don't know, but I think where they're coming from is, you know, sex plays such a heavy part in a romantic relationship is, is the belief. And what I would like to draw your attention to is, you know, how many sitcoms are out there that are about romantic relationships and how many and like how many minutes of that sitcom they talk about sex, they go around the question, but none of the time spent in those episodes actually features it. And yet they're still telling very fulfilling stories. And so, you know, you could not do that if uh, you know, in a in a society where sex is not allowed on television as much, and if um, as much time was spent on sex as people seem to feel it is, I got to push back on you on that for a, just a tiny bit. They're not shown on screen because on a sitcom you can't show it <laughs> exactly. But on top of that, they're pandering to the audience that's the the most broadest spectrum of participants. They're going to always present it in a way that is non-offensive to the core viewers, the side mm -hmm. viewers, and the viewers that are going to drop in just to see an episode or two. Right. So it's never going to be a representation of what it actually feels. And, you know, mm -hmm. those of us that fought for gay marriage, those of us that fought for, you know, various other pieces in our spectrum, mm -hmm. we get it. But at the same time, we also understand that the questions that people have are valid because they don't understand it. And we can't fault them for not understanding it. We can just march forward and educate. I'm not saying that, that the sitcom is a real representation. I'm saying that, you know, even with the sex being having to be taken out, let's just say, you know, if you sit down and watch an episode, you still, if it has a romantic storyline, when it's done, you still feel like you've gotten a full story. Even, you know, even though, even though the sex is not there. And my point is romance has more elements to it than just sex. It definitely is a, a spectrum. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people assume that if you're asexual, that there's no sexual libido or that no sex happens. Um, people are complicated and there are asexual people out there that have kids. There are asexual people out there that have a partner that has needs and they want to keep that partner happy, but they're not into sex. Uh, it's, it's not black and white. It's very, very much a spectrum. And there are lots of different kinds of ace people out there that get involved in various degrees of sexuality or lack thereof. And I, I think people just, they look at things too much in a binary way. I've heard people say, well, if you're gay, then how can you have ever had kids? Like, wouldn't you have known before you got married and had children that you were gay? Well, yeah, but things are complicated. They are, but we also have to recognize that society at large never represented, they didn't represent gay until they were forced to. Same thing with lesbianism. They didn't represent the fact that two same-sex partners could love, cherish, and build a life together. So bringing that to the larger spectrum, what the general population at large doesn't understand isn't their fault. It is our responsibility to educate going forward. But we have to be compassionate to those that don't understand and truly want to understand. There's always going to be bigots out there that say, you know, God presented man, Adam, and Eve. 
And that's the way it's supposed to be. But there are a lot of people out there that want to understand, but don't have a frame of reference for it. So Randy Destiny, what do you guys say to that piece of it? Best we can do in every situation, once we know the questions they have, is to educate. But also at a point, we can give some framework and some resources, but then it comes time more. If they want to learn more, it might behoove them to educate themselves. If people are listening and still have more questions, check out asexuality.org. There's so many resources on there. There's a podcast called The Ace Couple. Um, There's a few others. Um, You heard an interview with them on Pride Connection, along with Sounds Fake But Okay. But whatever, whether it's asexuality, gender stuff, you know, there are lots of good resources out there for any of the letters of the alphabet. So, you know, we can educate if questions come our way. But the best we can say is, if you want to learn more, go ahead and do the learning. There's always a difference between um, people who are bigoted and people who are ignorant. And there's always, not that I'm saying you did this, I'm just saying in general, there's a tendency to make the two things synonymous that isn't you know all ignorance is is you've never been exposed um in that instance you know the education exactly is key and have the resources and you know here's here's the faq flyer and um here's this wonderful list of resources that i have and you know yes i would love to sit down and discuss it you know with you and uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's that. But bigoted is, um, you know, there's hatred involved. That's an emotion. And when somebody is making an emotional decision, you can have all the resources. You can have all the um, all the facts and the reasons. And because that person is making an emotional decision, they're going to buy in. You know, so sometimes the best way to move forward is to know how to pick your battles. And that's a really great point, Randy. But I also like what you said when you started your point, that there is an an ignorance. There is a lack of understanding because it really hasn't been shown in the media. It hasn't been shown in the representations of American life or global life. It's not, you know, we have man and man, we have woman and woman, we have man and woman, but we don't really celebrate the other colors of our rainbow. And so there's a lot of folks out there that don't understand that there are other facets of that rainbow that are equally valid. And so we have to have compassion to them for not understanding. Once they're exposed and they're given information, that's a whole different story. But we have to have compassion for folks that have never understood it. It's never been presented in their world. And the first time that they experience it, it might be a complete culture shock to them. So I'd like to kind of go back to the Ace Con specifically and ask a few questions about that. Would you say that at the convention there were more people who were asexual? Or do you think that the number of like parents, partners, um, educators, you know, other people outside of the asexual community uh, were there. What what would you say would be the higher number of people that you I, saw there? I always feel like the majority of the people there are asexual. But that being said, it's not like there's people walking around, you know, with their roles in clear view. It's so you know, it's not like mm, that's um, true. they they yeah. they may have registered uh, one way or the other because I do believe it did ask um, that. But you know, we we were not privy to that. 
information. I think there might have been a workshop that was for for allies. So that would be parents, family members, that, that kind of thing. So there's really no way to know it. I just always feel like the people who come to the come to this particular thing are, are mostly ace. Very cool. Randy, Destiny, do you feel that the LGBTQ community respects, understands, and embraces the asexuality community? And I'm only going to be able to talk about this um, objectively because I've not had a run-in with it. But my my general understanding is that no, it, it is not overall. When you're still talking about having the argument of, you know, does a, do asexuals belong um, under the A in, in LGBTQIA+, and uh, people are still going round and round and up and down about that. People are still having that argument. There are people from all sides that are just like, it's not a thing. It's not real. And for it to be coming from all sides, that means it also includes members of LGBTQ. So um, that's my answer to that. Destiny, do you share the same perspective? If you look from the outside, yes, because I have heard that. But... I also see that when it comes to smaller groups of LGBTQ people, yes, I work at a wellness recovery center. And there are still people who have questions about it once in a while or trying to minimize it, you know, and is it this, is it that, <laughs> you know, like not accepting that it's a real thing or I couldn't be, but <laughs> like, for the most part, there is starting to be a little bit more acceptance and willingness to learn. Do you think, have there been discussions at AceCon or on your Reddit pages and Twitter and anywhere else in your community about people having a hard time identifying as asexual because it's part of the LGBTQ community. Some people say that being ace is inherently queer. Uh, do you think that's true? And do you think people have issues with that? I would actually say the inverse is true. People who identify as being asexual actually have a hard time um, identifying, seem to have a hard time identifying as, as being not straight or queer. Um, or any of those. Um, and a, a lot of that has to just do with the, the ideas around, around the words. If there's a word that, like queer that was used, you know, if you grew up hearing it used derogatorily, then yeah, you know, even if you know that you fit the bill, um, you might have trouble, you might have trouble embracing that, you know, so that, that does happen a lot. Not very often, not these days. When I, I remember when I first got into that into the community about 12 years ago um there were people that had problems with that um but i think as the community grows and i think as people's their standards and their ideas shift i think we're going to start to see less of that do you guys think that there are people i i remember when i was a young coming out person i would watch programs like oprah and donahue and things like that and it would be like these people in their 40s 50s 60s coming out after having marriages and children. Do you think that at this point, the ACE community is that new to the mainstream? Oh, this is the new thing. Now they're kind of asserting themselves. And that at some point, it's going to morph into 
another piece of the, the rainbow puzzle. There have been some articles in some of the bigger magazines about it, but I would argue that asexuality is still not really mainstream yet. Every once in a while, you see a character that's on a mainstream show, but it's not, it's still very much the invisible orientation. Again, that, that is also changing and eventually, eventually it, it is going to change and eventually, you know, it'll, it'll be another puzzle piece in the rainbow. Like you said, it's just going to take a while before it's all the way done. Who would you guys say is your biggest icon, your biggest ace icon, celebrity or uh, activist or, or something like that? Like if you, if you were booking guests for AceCon uh, okay. 2023, <laughs> who would it be? Uh, there's David J, who is thought to be the father of asexuality, mostly because he started the, the online community, um, asexuality.org. Um, and the other one we would have to get if we didn't want our ace gun um, to be boycotted would be Yasmin Benoit because she's very popular. I was definitely thinking Yasmin Benoit. I've kind of recently found out about her through um, podcasts and stuff like that. So I followed yeah. her on Twitter and she seems really cool. Yeah, I'm very interested in finding out, you know, some people that I should look up on YouTube. Um, or look for podcasts with uh, representatives of of the community and and you know finding interesting people to to fill my Twitter timeline with. So I mean, so there's the podcasts that we named, and there's the two people there that we just named. There's also uh, if you're looking specifically for people on your Twitter timeline, there's also Gentle Giant Ace. He tweets some very interesting things and. Tiger Songbird is another one that tweets um, some very interesting things. If you follow the right hashtags, you'll find there are a lot of people on Twitter uh, doing that. My favorite lesser known ace person that I interviewed, I still gotta put that podcast episode out on Twitter is the Invisible Cake Society. And the person I interviewed her on my podcast, and she is such a cool person she talks a lot about christianity and asexuality so that was something i kind of and it's jenna dewitt and um she does the invisible cake society twitter uh page i just wanted to say that i'm grateful that we got this opportunity well we're happy to give it to you um has anyone ever thrown this curveball at you guys oh you're just waiting for the right person like you'll eventually feel it between the loins once you find that right person and how tired is that that question? So tired. I used to think that I was a straight girl. And I thought I was waiting until marriage. So there were a few times where I was dating people. And I was really connecting, really liking them. But then I just couldn't connect anything deeper. Because the idea of having sex with them was just like, nah. And then like, finally I realized that a lot of people wouldn't even get to the point of letting me attach because they were just like, at first they would say they were fine, but then they wouldn't stick in it so long haul. But that's besides the point. But as time went on, I had this realization and I talked about it on um, in a different Discord server, unrelated to asexuality. I didn't even know the term yet. And I told him the story about this guy I was dating and how he was like, really into me and wanted to like wanted to get with me and and I just had the realization this feels incongruent I don't even know if I would want to marry this guy even though I'm 
really attaching really fast because I don't want to have sex. That's when the person asked me if they thought, if I ever thought I might be ace. And I learned all about asexuality. It's like, that makes a lot of sense. So, but there are asexual people who still have sex or who have had sex and they still Mm -hmm. have the attraction. So I wanted to put that out there too. Yeah, I, I love the the very many uh, flowing aspects of this community and how you can really be anywhere on the spectrum. And um, it's not one size fits all for sure. So the answer to that question is a lot. Um, and it, it is a bit tired, but I can't fault people too much for that. And the reason is, um, is because from time to time, I entertain the idea you know, that there might be that person that, that does it. Um, and all God I can, bless you for admitting that. All, all I, all Thank I you, Randy. Figure, all I can figure about that is that if they ever do show up, most people in our society won't know what to make of them because they would, they would be so different from just what, a, you know, what we know. Which isn't yes. necessarily a bad thing. That's just that's just the conditions I imagine it happening under. All right, and part two, because All right. oh, the changing the mind thing. I mean, I guess I guess you know hypothetically, if that happened, and if it is as overpowering as people say what is, and I'm having that experience, I'm not really sure it'd be a mind changing thing. It would be a circumstantial change, I guess. After that relationship ended, I'd probably go back to where I am so you know the answer is the answer is yes and no what I was saying is I don't see that happening in my future but I don't completely rule it out and if it were to happen maybe I would change a microwave or maybe I it would make me rethink slightly but even if someone like somehow got the attraction I don't feel the need or the urge to engage in it so, and I'm also slightly sex averse, so I don't see it being that drastic of a change either. Yeah. Thank you both for being so brave and vulnerable with us tonight. I would love for you guys, if you would, to give your contact information. How can listeners who would like to communicate with you or follow you on socials, how can they do that? Uh, Randy, uh. let's start with you. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, the handle is uh, ChangelingMX. Uh, that's that's usually the best place to to get me. Is that um, you can DM me through there. Destiny, how can people get a hold of you? Um, yes. So you can find me at anywhere. Mainly, I just do Twitter because Facebook. I don't usually accept friends requests requests unless I know who you are from somewhere so twitter or tiktok is destiny damati i'm not always the most active person but you might see some of my cool retweets or some of my funny things and same with my instagram i did used to do some funny things on there but i mostly use it to follow some people so that's just basically me i'm not super active on socials but you can find me and byron before we go randy destiny are there any resources out there that you'd want to point people to that will give them a true understanding slash representation of what we've been talking about tonight? So there are a lot of um, books about asexuality coming out 
like right now and through uh, through next year. Um, there is one that just came out. I haven't I haven't actually read it yet. I bought it and I just haven't actually sat down to read it. Um, but it is, I believe it is refusing compulsory uh, sexuality, and it is by Sharonda J Brown. It talks about the stuff we talked about tonight and also the idea of working around the idea um that everybody must have sex to to have a fulfilling life and there's also um the other one that's out that's out right now right now it's been out for a while is ace by angela chen that one's a little more of a of a 101 a 101 book so i mean if, if somebody's just starting out that might be good would you guys be willing to come back in a couple of weeks or months and do a group discussion on a couple of the, te- the texts that are out there? Yeah, and so actually, since we're talking about the texts that are out that are out there, one of the ones that's coming out in February is the um, "Sounds Fake But Okay." Is well the part the main title of the book the title is actually a lot longer than that um but we we did actually interview them on the podcast here uh, about a year ago actually this is this is almost the year anniversary of that interview and they've got they've actually got a book coming out um in february of next year and but right now the publisher is not putting out an audio version of that and we're trying to let the publisher know that we want slash need that to be available um on release day so i do have a change.org petition going for that and and where can our listeners find that yeah so i will see if we can get it in this show notes but the short link to that is changeling.mx slash petition um i have not looked at it in a few days so i do not i do not have a current count on the number of signatures but i believe it was something like 45 last time i looked so we're we're working on it um and basically you know basically every time they they sign it it sends an email to the publisher it's just like so so just sign the petition so the way to get it is you know the more signatures we get the more the more notice they'll take how about you destiny before byron wraps it up besides books i would definitely say the forums asexuality.org that was like one of the original websites and it has a lot of good forums, a lot of good one-on-one materials. So if you're not a book reader, that might be more of your thing. And of course, there's a lot of good podcasts out there that we shouted out throughout this episode. So I hope you enjoy. If you could speak directly to everybody every single person in our audience, what is your message about how you live and experience life? And what do you want from our community to help you live the best life you can live? Although we talked a lot about asexuality today, it's part of me that is not the the whole of me. There's a lot Amen. more in my identity than that. So learn as you go. And that will help you grow. Amen. Randy? You know, this, honestly, this, um, up until a couple of years ago, I would have told you this does not play a huge part of my life. And most of the time it still doesn't, but it's starting to play bigger and bigger parts just because I'm starting to get 
to get more and more involved. Um, so it kinda, yeah, you're an activist. Yeah, it kind it kind of sneaks up on you. Actually, I it don't, does, I don't, right? I don't. I don't <laughs> like. And and I'm not saying I've had bad experiences, although I'm sure if I do this long enough and get visible enough, my day will come. But, um, you know, watching some of the people that are and, and what they go through and what they have to deal with, I, I have a hard time believing that somebody just wakes up and goes, or, you know, that when somebody's growing up, they just go, when I grow up, I want to be an activist. Um, and if they do, it's because they don't you know, this is, this is part of me and it, it's an important part of me, but it's, it's not all of me. Just, just like destiny said. Well, both of you are amazing individuals and blind pride international is really lucky to have you within our ranks. If you want to meet destiny or Randy, uh, WhatsApp is a perk of our membership. You can, uh, talk to them and the rest of the crew by signing up to be a blind LGBT pride member by going to blindlgbtpride.org, or you could send an email to membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Thank you both of you for attending this call and uh, we'll see the rest of you in two weeks. You've been listening to Pride Connections, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. Someday we'll find.